Recorded at the Hen House Rehearsal Studios. It's the Mission Control Podcast. Hey, hey everybody. Welcome back for another episode. Uh, we're sitting here with Stephen Aaron. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good, man. Yeah. Long time, no... Ch- well, I've t- you haven't been on the podcast for a while, but I've chatted to you a couple of times since. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's careful to kind of like... I remember last time we ended up talking for like over two hours, so, you know... Yeah. Let's work quickly. Let's compress and stuff, <laughs> or else we'll just be lost yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Like, some conversations I can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, cool. like, it didn't feel like two hours at all. No, definitely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of things going on, and, like, you're obviously very curious, so it's a good person. You're a good person to talk to and bounce those ideas off. <laughs> <laughs> curious like a cat. Yes. Meals. <laughs> so um, curious, cat. What do you want to know? <laughs> How was uh, the Yardstock thing last night? So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this enamored by the community that really um, lifts their game and comes to these events, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess the you know, cat's out of the bag now. It wasn't technically a legal event, but, you know, we're taking over spaces <gasps> that aren't used. Yeah. <laughs> and the people that come respect each other. There's yeah. no fights. There's no biff. It's actually just a celebration of creativity and community in this really pure way. And I just saw some of the organizers before coming here just sorting out some gear. We raised three and a half grand last night, which is all going Whoa, to fundraise. Nice. Uh, the building of houses for a um, underprivileged community in the Philippines, nice, and um, a few other courses as well. But um, so that's just fantastic, you know. And wow, it's such an amazing vibe, you know. Like everyone played these incredible sets because everyone was there in a state of gratitude and creating different spaces. The environments, you know, a big influence on how you kind of do things. This is like a big reason for Camp Dugs is like you know mm. creating this safe space that is in the wild. It's not in the venue. You're not Police by security, you're not charged exuberant amounts for alcohol, you're actually given your own responsibility. And when you have your own responsibility and empowerment, you're more present. And when you're more present, you're listening more to the musicians, you're really mm. engaging this huge yeah. new way, mm. you know? And it's like last night, I see a crowd full of people and everyone's listening, dancing, no one's looking at their phones, they're in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a really important thing is just to create these spaces where people actually feel connected to the moment and not trying to escape it, which, you know, I think we see more and more in gigs is like the turnout's getting kind of a bit bad for some shows in Perth at least. And, you know, Definitely. how many shows you go to mm-hmm. when people are like just not really paying attention sometimes and mm-hmm. it's kind of lost mm-hmm. in their devices or something. And it's like the environment's a big factor. So, yeah, lots of present, beautiful, loving people just doing their thing to the wee hours of the morning. So, yeah, Yard Talk is fantastic. And just huge kudos to um, the organisers, especially uh, my brother, Ray Grenfell, who's one of the main men behind it. He puts in a lot of time. Okay. I've always wondered, like, who is behind Yard Stock. Yeah, Ray yeah. would be the man. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of people come involved. And, you know, we say it's not any one person. It's a community that makes it happen. But, yeah, no, he's definitely the guy who lights the fire that gets us all started. Yeah, That word's come, a lot, uh, come up a lot, hasn't it? Community. Yeah, mm. Mm. I sound like some wanky ABC fucking. But um, yeah, it's it's come up a lot. I think accountability comes with community, with that sense of um, resp- yeah. responsibility. Totally. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe that bullshit. Like, oh, you know, humans are inherently evil. Fuck that. I don't think that, man. Like, no way. I think that's really cynical. Yeah, and I think that's a very that's a product of you know today. Yeah. Obviously, e- evil is created. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 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 feel, I, see, I see those people as, like, kind of the byproduct of the, the climate that we're in. 
yeah, either politically or you know, in in a corporate sense or a financial sense yeah. or a cultural sense. Like I think, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame those people. Because I had some they, interesting yeah. conversations with folk last night, actually, like asking what I did, and I was like, oh, I do a bit of activism and like counter media type stuff, and they were saying, oh, so you're an anarchist? I'm like, no, I'm not an anarchist. <laughs> you know, I believe in a positive positive outcome for the future and positive outcome for capitalism. You know, mm-hmm. and what you're saying, yeah, people aren't born evil; they learn evil. You know. And yeah. it's the system that you're in, again, the environment that you're placed in, you know, yeah. where you're quite often in our Western society, you're told that you are irresponsible and that you can't take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you don't, yeah. you know. But if you put in a situation where, no, you have to you know, look after yourself, it's like, yeah, it's a dangerous world. But if you're smart, if you're present, then you can be empowered. And that's a really beautiful thing that we can do through this context of events, you know, like Camp Books and Yardstock, and mm. evidently they're really resonating with people because they're getting bigger and there's a you know, greater reaction and the end result is more engagement with art, culture, creativity, inspiration. It's just winning across the board and we're operating outside the norms of the capitalist system, you know. Mm. Yeah, we're still within it, of course, but we're bending the rules and the result is people are realising a little bit more about themselves along the way, which is the ultimate goal, I think. Yeah. yeah. We had um Haley Welsh on um a couple of podcasts ago. Um and she had an exhibition at Blazing Swan. Yeah. And that's like another another festival yeah, that's really a beautiful example. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean that's uh, talking about things like money, it's like you take money out of the equation and what do you have? You have a entire crowd full of grateful people. Mm. Because everything that you receive at that festival is because someone gave it to you, not because you paid for it. Mm. There's no expectation. You don't give money to someone for food going, this food better be good or I'll be pissed off at you. You go like, thank you for giving me food, you know? And it's like, that's it. I never thought about it that That, way. Well, that's the core (laughs) idea of Burning Man and Blazing Swan. You take money out of the equation and you make it a a system of trade, Mm -hmm. then people are in an immense state of gratitude. Mm. And, you know, I didn't quite realize until I went to the first kind of you know, Burning Man style event, and I was just like, "Oh shit, yeah, I'm really thankful. I'm not in expectance. I'm actually receiving. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's thing. no enti- sense of entitlement exactly to anything. Yeah, you know, no one owes you anything. Exactly. Yeah. There's this like feeling of equality and feeling of again community building because I'm not treating you as a person of service. I'm treating you as a brother or sister. You know, it's really huge. And money's at the core of that. That's a big thing. You know? Yeah. And money is just an idea. What power does money have? It's only has power because we believe in it, you know? Yeah. Again, getting esoteric. So, you know, reel me in. Reel me in. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. Um, well, isn't it like things are only worth the value that people put on them? Or the price of things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you wave a, a 50 at me instantly, like, the dopamine fires in my brain. Like, money. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's worth something. You know, you ever see people chase money? What a weird thing, like... If you were to, like, observe us as a species, like, this guy chasing after this floating yeah. bit of paper. Yeah. Because he thinks that, that it has value. Yeah. Like, yeah, strip back what, your beliefs. That what, is what the is that? very definition of mind control. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like taking away your responsibility because you believe that you can't do anything without this concept. Not mm. really an object. It's just an idea. And it, you're powerless without it. And that's false, ultimately. Yeah. But what it takes is, you know, people believing that they're better than the ideas that money suggests to them or yeah. the disempowerment that, that puts on you, you know? Yeah. It's a tough lesson for all of us. We're constantly dealing with it, but, you mm. know, mm. yeah. Well, Blazing Swan has those uh, principles that they 
promote on their site. Yeah, which is really cool. I yeah. think. Um, but I, I I'm yet to go. I think maybe they book next year already, right? Um, I know they're booking like their kind of uh, theme camps and things like that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get tickets pretty soon. Yeah, mm. it's well worth the trouble, man. You know, like. So how long did you go for when you went? I've only actually meant to one. I'm um, like this year. I wasn't in Perth for one. I haven't been to like the Burning Man. Although I've been told that it's almost so epically big now, it's kind of hard to reach those principles. But you know, um, I think Blazing Swan is at a really good level right now with the amount of people attending. But I went last year for pretty much the entire thing, and um, yeah, it just gives you a whole new lease on life living in that existence, yeah. you know, that community for. Yeah, you know, a couple of days a week. It's um, yeah, it really has this nice resonant effect in your entire approach to uh, civilization when you come back. You know? <laughs> Do you find it easy to transition into that? Like, are there some yeah, bad funny, habits that carry over that you realize when only when you've been removed from that environment? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. but it's in a good way when you realize and it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I yeah, that was part of me. That was like a yeah. A neurosis or something that's been created by my this, this system that I live in. You know, mm. it's really good to kind of step outside yourself in mm. these situations and yeah, learn what's actually important. You know, yeah. I bet you there's a direct correlation between blood pressure and the amount the amount of time that you sit on a computer. <laughs> like, I, I literally think being away from tech yep. for a good like three days, uh-huh. you'll probably like realize oh shit like this is how my heart's supposed to feel <laughs> i'm not supposed to be like losing my shit in traffic like i did this morning yeah like you're not supposed to be that mad about shit no you know? you're not and like i'm a big advocate from getting away from technology but i also like spend so much time working with it as well yeah you know? that's that's how do you deal with that because i can't i love it at the same time I'm, I'm i'm literally obsessed with tech but at the same time i realize i need like Mm. the downside to it yeah and i'm pulled i'm kind of torn between the two well, that, that's like, why i always say like we our sort of generation is in that transitional stage where we're still learning how to deal yeah with this but we thing. like yeah. our parents stuff before didn't have that technology that we have now exactly yeah yet the generations under us grow into like are born into that technology well, no, and we're sort of that thing like we can put our phones away for a bit and get by yeah and that's why like i, I was gonna ask you know do you pity or praise the younger generations that are born into this technology that don't really know anything else yeah mm. we won't know like, the um, implications of this sort of tech yeah like all this smart technology for at least another couple of decades mm. you know and i do think it's interesting that we were born on the cusp of this kind of breakthrough like I'm so thankful I went through high school without a mobile phone. I can't imagine the... I mean, it was enough of a social head fuck. Sorry, can I swear on this program? Fuck yeah. Great. <laughs> fuck no. Cunt. Enough of a social... Cunt, 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 cunt. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're not going to get an ABC job with that, man. Um, yeah, the social implications of, uh, of social media. It's hard enough being a teenager growing up without uh, that intense mm. ego world, yep. you know, forcing yep. down on you. So... Mm. In that sense, I, I pity these kids. But, you know, we, we keep upgrading. We keep going with the times. And, um, I mean, yeah, so I, I'm a, kind of a hippie at heart. I spend a lot of time in nature getting away from tech. But then I also am just really into exploring new ways of storytelling, new ways of educating through this, like, emerging media, which mm. is really great. But um, I think because I do spend so much time deep in it, I really understand how it can influence your mind in a negative way as well and how to achieve a balance. And it's funny, who knows, maybe in 30 years they'll be treating tech as they treat 
alcohol or, or like you know saying limit your time you know it's like mm. oh don't drink and drive or it's like you know don't smash your ipad and then <laughs> go to school or go you know get in the car or don't like vr and drive mm-hmm. johnny's traumatized from before <laughs> yeah. so he, he was watching um some horror thing this on the horror experience on the that's the, the oculus VR. right no it was the samsung gear but it's powered by gear. Oculus. okay right, right yeah. okay that's not an actual o- oculus no, 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 yeah that's a good one yeah. but yeah it's just a put your phone in the front of it but okay. for, for the the basics of what it is it's actually not too bad mm. yeah it's pretty incredible how far that takes come in a short yeah, amount of time yeah. and so yeah i've been doing a bit of work in this kind of area and like i I still think we're kind of figuring out how to use this medium, you know, like what stories we can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of doing a lot of stuff in it is because, like, I feel artists need to find ways to use these mediums to, you know, create the context for telling stories before it becomes too commercialized, before it gets ruined, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose, like, at the moment it's got a bit of a, a gimmicky feel to it. Like, no one's really too sure how to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. present things with it and so there's some funny things it's like the gimmicks are starting to break like i'm really starting to get excited about some of this stuff and um like what i'm going to talk about tonight is this augmented reality app i've been building and so heck yeah um, i really wanted to get in that uh funny thing like example in this um well should we start launching into this stuff because it's kind of so um okay well there's an artist who is creating content for this this app, which is basically a game. Mm-hmm. And um, Liam Dees, his name, he's on the artwork for the Usurper of Modern Medicine album cover. That's what the app is for. It's actually for this new album called Everything Is Nothing, which has just come out. Um, and we were going to create some 3D objects to exist in this game world, you know, 3D models. And he could sculpt. So he started sculpting some objects. But when we had a scanning camera that could, you know, you pan around the object and it creates a 3D model based off, you know, light um, reflections, which is cool tech in itself, right? But the sculptures wouldn't look very good. It's like they just kind of didn't weren't captured by his camera very well. And then Liam said, "Okay, I'll just go and try again. I'll sculpt it a bit bigger for bigger quality." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. That sounds good to me, man. Thanks for all the hard work." A couple of days later, he comes back and he's like, "Okay, I've done it. I've got the 3D object." And he actually sent a file. I'm like, "Oh, I thought you were sculpting a, a real object." And he's like, "No, no, I sculpted it in VR." And I was like, "Oh shit, that's awesome!" So. He just found a, a better version of a new VR program for the HTC Vive, so you got the kind of hand controls, where he just literally, instead of sculpting it in clay, he sculpted it in pixels, in, in virtual clay. Mm, you know? yep. And then we could export that from that program and put it into our new program. And that was the first time I'd seen something created in a VR painting program that wasn't locked within that program. It wasn't just a gimmick going, hey, look at this cool thing I made that I can only see in Tilt Brush or whatever program I've got. It was like, no, I can actually create an artwork and take it out of that program and use it elsewhere. So that's one step, which was really cool. I gave this to Steve Barrick, who is the lead coding artist on this project. And he was like, oh, great. I'll 3D print that. So he 3D printed the objects that Liam had created in the virtual space. So then they became real objects in our reality. He pulled it <laughs> from one dimension to another. Exactly. But it's still an artist creating something mm. that's physical, that's tangible, but it was done in a virtual reality. Holy shit. And when I gave, when Liam came around to do some more work, I put one of these objects in his hand and he was just like, holy shit. You yeah. know? And so it was like this kind of penny-dropping moment of just like, okay, cool. So this stuff isn't just a gimmick anymore. Now we can actually affect reality through what we create in the virtual. Wow. And that's pretty exciting. <laughs> that's and there's cool. going to be lots of these moments coming up soon where we start breaching these walls of these different gimmicks and they become actual tools. Yeah, but you see it's the... Um into 
connectivity of the the 3D printing with the VR. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like putting it all together, like, you know, tools in the toolbox and then creating something from that. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Because you add another dimension to that. It's like you you were saying, it's not just something... Because I feel it's very restrictive at the moment. And I know it's still early stages in terms of VR. Mm. Um, it just... Looking at it feels weird still. Yeah. And it kind of presses... Like for people that wear glasses especially, mm. um, it's hard to kind of focus and you kind of yeah get foggy lenses and stuff like that exactly yeah and there's just yeah we haven't figured out the the kind of discourse of how to approach Mm -hmm. this sort of stuff but i um was doing an art exhibition earlier this year in the netherlands at a festival called strp um which was in the city called eindhoven which is like the home of philips technology so it's a very tech heavy kind of um, symposium expo i went for a couple weeks and there was some incredible vr stuff there one VR installation in particular blew my fucking mind, which was called uh, Fight by an artist called Memo Atkin. Uh, you can look up his work online. He's really great. And so it was a VR experience where you, you sit in this big leather armchair, you put on the headset, and you're actually just in this white room, and there's like a grid on the wall, and that's it. But as you sit there, the perspective in one eye and another eye, and your left and right eye actually go in different kind of directions. So... The colors and the shapes of the room bend, but it's not matched to your left and right eye. So what happens? Your brain tries to marry them together into a cohesive image. And so that's what the fight is. There's a fight between the two, you know, uh, retinal cortexes of your brain Mm. fighting to create an image. And what you get is basically you feel like you're not looking at a virtual reality. You feel like you're looking at an image that's inside your head. And that was, you know, the closest thing to a tryptamine experience i've had yeah in you know it's like a yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and i was just astonished it's like okay cool so now you can use vr to kind of actually fuck with the programming of your brain in really interesting ways yeah and i just been doing some research like i have a, a good friend of mine in perth who started working at a uh, float lab um a um flotation oh, Frio. yeah yeah down in Frio. yeah um cool. female float and um, said, oh, we, the music that's in these pods is terrible. Can you compose some ambient music to go on these pods? I'm like, fuck yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I'm going to get around to that in the near future. But in my research, I was like, oh, I wonder what other people are doing with float tank stuff. And then I found a uh, research artist in New Zealand who's doing VR in float tanks. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Shit. Shit, yes. Okay, so. You know, but if you use some like binaural stuff mm. uh, or, I don't know, play, yeah. play all the, the chakra tones or something yeah or mm. you know use low frequencies to drop people into a theta state where you're actually yes. really receptive to information yeah and then maybe through visuals through a vr thing you can start maybe hyper advanced learning possibly you know yes yeah yeah like because the theta states where the body repairs itself as mm-hmm. well yeah and then and the mind actually repairs trauma from memories as well exactly in the theta state yeah and it's like a you know it's kind of accessing flow states of like hyper learning and awareness so if you have a, a screen that's you know linked in, you can drop in to this you know flow state, and then maybe you want to learn another language, yeah. so you can <laughs> s- start just like you're know, making yourself hyper aware and hyper receptive in this completely weightless environment. You can start learning French. Maybe. That's the closest <laughs> to like a download, like you know in the Matrix where exactly. they download programs into the mind. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be one step towards something exactly. like that. Yeah, there's a lot of... I'm um, reading some amazing books at the moment about um, this kind of research into uh, these you know, heightened states of ecstasis where you're really receptive and really focused on what you're doing and how to access, how to basically hack the mind to be 
able to learn faster and mm. react you know, quicker, all these sort of things. And mm. so that's one way. It's about you know, accessing the mind through the body and taking taking your weight away, you know, making yourself weightless so you can actually have less overall tension and access the mind. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of weightless, like some of the, the apps and games that I've done on VR, like the Zero-G stuff, is so psychologically messing because you feel weightlessness. Mm-hmm. Like especially if you're in space and you're, you're spinning, like in the game, you know, you're doing rolls and spinning, but your body's not moving, so your body's not registering any kind of gravity movement. Yep. And then you take it off and you realise, like, holy shit, yeah, you're still in this room, but your mind's just been mm. programmed like it's been zipping around but just not moving. It's like the same sensation if you've been on the boat for a couple of hours, you come back to shore and you still feel the waves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine if that's a thing in the future. Like VR sickness, like dude, I've been VRing too much. I did it for eight hours today. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then people. Well, some people like, have, sick, yeah. Like some know. people get that just after a little bit. Like, I suppose it's again like people's brains, like the way people can handle that kind of yeah intenseness. Really, yeah, some of it. that's legit. That'll be a thing. Mm. Yeah, I get motion sick pretty easily, so I think even for me, like five minutes on VR, I can get a bit nauseous mm. if it's like the roller coaster ones for sure. Yeah. But um, it's amazing how just the mind, like the what you see and how your mind interprets it, like just seeing movement, you or, or like you feel it already before you've even felt it mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's just. I, I got what was I playing? Um, Eve Valkyrie on the Oculus Rift over in Sydney, mm. and I think I played it for about five minutes. And you take it off, you literally feel like you've been playing for like half an hour. It's kind of like that dream sensation mm-hmm. where yeah. you've, like, you've been asleep for like 10 minutes. Time dilation. Like, yeah, that yeah. whole thing. And just once you take it off, you're just like, fuck, put me back in. Well, I was, I was like, put me back in. Like, that was <laughs> fucking good. In. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> now we actually are starting to access altered states of consciousness now. It's not just a, a game, it's actually changing your perception mm. of the real world. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> like spiritual experiences within games yeah. or like a VR it's, experience. Um, yeah, totally possible. We have we have the technology, we have the mindset, so yeah. there's no doubt we can, you know, use VR to get closer to a concept of God probably, you know. It's going to be ways to do that. <laughs> or recreate yeah. God. Well, you anyway, think about it. Esoteric. Reel me in. <laughs> <laughs> How a lot of um, VRs you find in modern movies nowadays. I mean, well, Tron kind of that sort of idea where you have gone into this other sort of technological dimension mm-hmm. and then what's, what was that Bruce Willis one surrogates how everyone yeah. lives through the like that sort of yeah. VR type world where you know, their, their physical bodies are just like sitting there getting fat and all shit but they're living in this sort of VR world controlling these other people yep. type yeah. thing these avatars yeah. of yep. themselves yeah yeah hmm yeah, Sign man. me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of huge changes in the next even 20 years in mm. how we integrate with technology. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, even a lot like, um, is it Microsoft that does that? What are they called? Um, that sort of VR thing where you can build through a VR overlay mm-hmm. of like... There's a HoloLens. That HoloLens. Working. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where essentially you're taking the real what you're seeing, but then overlaying the, the VR onto the real world, and then especially in industries like manufacturing stuff, they can like real world placement of oh, how's this going to look in this room or how's that going to work together, yep. just mm-hmm. without actually having it. It's all through the VR yep. type thing. Yeah, 
So what's the difference between that and augmented reality? So augmented reality, you need a, a device to... I, I can't even explain it. Like, Well, technically, no, like it's, it's projection mapping really is a way of augmenting reality as well. Mm. So it's about using you know, the real-life geometry and enhancing it through yep. technology. You know, The Pokemon a, app. Yes. So that's like a, the breakthrough, you know. So yeah. there's been AR stuff at the fringe for a good couple of years, but that was the one that really broke through into the mainstream. Mm. And, um, yeah, so – and I've seen, like, Apple's new AR technology is pretty mind-blowing as well. So we'll probably see a lot more of this. It probably will make interesting daily tools, you know. And in the future, we'll probably have lenses or, you know, ways to look at the world that are a smartphone. And, you know, we can look at anything and, you know – I can look at this coffee mug on the table right here and I can, you know, Google it with my eyesight and yeah. I can pop up next to a coffee mug, you know, this is a coffee mug. Yeah. Oh, a pretty bad example. Something I'd actually want to Google. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You or can, you can just click somewhere and order that cup, that cup yeah. like, immediately. Or do it with how you point your eyes, you know, like mm. flick or your yeah. eyes to the right to, mm. to make uh, an order. A barcode that sits in front of you. Like, oh, zip the barcode quick, bring it up, I'm going to buy that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what this is. This is, this is more so like more or less a barcode or what, you know, QR code, those sort of things. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. And I want to bring this for people at home that don't have eyes. So I bought in a copy of the vinyl record, which is the augmented reality app for this album. Mm-hmm. So I may as well just show yeah, you man. guys here. Okay. Do you want to film this? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. ideally, um, you guys have a turntable, but this is designed so... Let me give you a bit of background. So you said Modern Medicine, we just put out a second album, and I wanted to get a, just a run of vinyls printed. I was like, wanted to make it like a small edition, but usually when you, we're going to get printed artwork, you have to get like a quite a big run. And I wasn't, you know, didn't have enough budget, but I was like, oh, we could probably afford like a smaller run of like 100, 150, but that has come in like a white plain sleeve. And I was like, well, instead of printing the cardboard artwork, how about we make like a virtual artwork somehow? And I... Went to um, artist called Steve Barrick, who I work with on a few other projects, and I was like, "Hey, can you humor me? I know you've done some AR stuff before. Can we stick one of your AR tracking markers, so which is like a little QR code you can just print out? It's like shove it on top of a vinyl and spin it around and see what happens." So we did that, and it worked. And so I went and got some funding and put together a team of like 3D artists and coders. Well, actually, just like Steve, Liam, and another guy called ja- Oh, you know, Jamie Sher. Um, he's involved at the start as well. And we started playing around. So what we've created is basically a game that is an like interactive visualization or i.e. music video that happens on top of the vinyl record as it spins around on your turntable. So this is like you're looking at the vinyl record through the lens of the camera in your device. And what it's doing is it's going to recognize the, uh, the center label, the artwork in the middle of the record. And that is uh, kind of a tracking point. So... It knows where the record is, it knows it's spinning, and then it can create a game happening there. So, take that, Daz. Mm-hmm. And this is just, this is not the finished version, but it's pretty close. Oh, wow. So, maybe read out what it says, or if you wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's got instructions here um, on how to actually see the image. So, you actually do need enough light, apparently? Well, you can't do it in complete darkness. Yeah. So the camera needs to see the tracking marker. Mm-hmm. It works pretty good, but we thought we'd just let people know. It's like, if you want to listen to the record with the lights out, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, you actually need uh, adequate light for it. Totally, um, yeah. But I'm just going to hit continue. So what I might do, I might just take this out. Yeah, yeah. Man, we need to actually get 
a fucking vinyl player. Yeah. So the mechanics yeah. of this is really, really based around how the vinyl spins. So. Whoa! Cool! Holy shit. I, I can see what you mean. Like, at the moment, it's pretty static. It's just spinning um, with the one shape. Yeah. But I'd assume, yeah, there's a whole animation once it plays out. Yeah, yeah. Holy so shit. So it's picking up that that code in the center, and that's yeah. that, that's the so marker that it knows. It actually needs to start spinning. There we go. Okay. Oh, okay. oh so that's it needs fucking to, cool. It needs to detect it spinning. And then... Yeah, it's flaming now. Alright, so you want to take that. Mm-hmm. Basically what you can do... Okay, I'll be back on the mic now. So what happens is that in the center of the record is um, a floating skull, which is on the album artwork. And so around him, you actually create artwork by dragging a finger across the record. Oh, okay. And you'll see there's like the letters of the album, everything is nothing spelled in the sides. They're all modifiers that change the types of kind of painting that you do with the different shapes. And so this will spin and create these vortexes that circle around the skull. And basically, it's up to you to create your own artwork. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. For those of my kind here, this is dead That's insane. fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, so every, every letter is like a paintbrush of... Yep. What you want to draw, essentially. Yep, and they'll modify how they react to the sound, the shapes that they kind of create, that sort of thing. So oh, gonna... look at that sparkly one. Do you want to try it? Make sure anyone can hear this. Could be a whole bunch of silence out there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So I'm going to like just spin it very dodgily. Actually, if I hold it on my finger and do that, maybe it'll work. Oh, I'm probably losing a track there. No, it's still going, yeah. Still going? And so it's kind of a, it's a bit of a discovery, you know, like all the controls are kind of hidden. It's, it's up to the person playing to kind of find their own way and figure out how to kind of create these patterns. That's like a galaxy going around it. So it creates, you know, different geometries and shapes, and basically everyone's experience should be very different. The, the disc as it goes around. Yeah. So it's looking at that label, but because the label's spinning, then everything in the game oh, is yeah, spinning so as well. It's jumped off the label. So oh, the ju- there we are, it's jumped back on it. Yeah, so you can lose it. Obviously, if the camera's not pointing at it, it won't be tracking it, but then it will pick it back up again. Hmm. And obviously, it would be spinning at 33 revolutions per minute <laughs> and creating all these vortexes that you know fly around. I can definitely see, yeah, it, it requires the, the spinning yeah. to even draw those... Um, shapes. Yes. So at the moment our, our drawings are quite static. Yeah, quite static. I, I can definitely see. But they'll be in constant motion. Mm. But I, I like how the how like the main skull at the centre bit can actually pick up that what you've got the centre bit there. Yes. Like that sort of well, essentially barcode type thing you were saying. Yeah. And so the camera is just looking for that barcode and redrawing the game. So you can jump it off, and then when it comes back on, it. Finds it and there, just jumps straight back on it. Yeah, yeah it locks okay, back onto awesome. the position. Yeah, so and that's then adapts and as to you it. Move it around; it still locks onto that. I hope we're painting a good visual picture. <laughs> <People> <laughs> like. But this, this app will be out next week. Um, the vinyls has just arrived. They'll be shipping, you know, in the next couple of days. That's really cool. And this will be a you know free download from the iOS. Oh, there's a glitch Google in the matrix. I've, I've messed it up now. The whole glitch is gone. <laughs> purposely made it glitch is when you when you lose a tracking marker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably have a. We're going to insert a message. It's probably about ninety percent done, but it will. Um, ah, and yeah, it's locked on again. <laughs> lock on again. Cool. No, we'll we'll, um, we'll definitely put a link to this in um, 
the uh, your episode page yep. where, where people can actually watch this video because we just taped like a little right bit onto the skull. Then get right up close to the skull. Well, that's fucking cool. Even a whole distance thing. So the further away you get, it's like yeah, it just sits right on the actual yeah. vinyl. So you get the impression of what augmented reality is. Then so now it's, yeah, it's redrawing sure. all the. 3D, all the game elements are matching the geometry of the real world, and that's that's why it's called AR. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you could you could have entire spaces that have certain things play out in that space. Yeah. Um, have have they done much with like kind of fixed narratives with with um, augmented reality? Like a whole scene can play out. You know, I'm pretty sure someone would have, mm. but it's still kind of emerging technology, so yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, one really good example was um, this art book that came out last year, um, which was a Perth artist. Name escapes me, but I know the app is called iJack, and he basically made a book of uh, artworks that when used with the, uh, you know, the app that they all animate. So, like, beautiful artworks in two dimensions by themselves, but then you see them moving, growing, transforming, you know. Yeah. That's really cool. And, you know, in the future, there'll be, you could be, probably be AR graffiti, you know. Yeah. There'll probably be, like, murals on the wall, but, but you can why? take out your phone and then see more and, and make yeah. it move. Yeah, oh, know? for sure. Mm. Um, but why I like that is that it integrates the... It does more with what a vinyl can do because it's now a component of now an interactive experience. Yeah. It's not just, you know, playing a song. Yeah. Or listening and, to it. Yeah. It's meshing together, like, old analog technology with brand new digital technology. Yeah. And it, and it works. So is that, like, your own little code that you've come up with to read it? Yes. Yeah. Quite cool. So it's a unique code that I need to recognize. And it's different for site A and B as well. So two different kind of uh, symbols that the app will recognize and as soon as you flip the record over it will, it will change to the different configuration for the other side oh yeah. hell yeah so what's that app going to be called um are you going to have like a just a name for it yeah or? well it's just calling it everything is nothing which is the name of the album you know cool yeah so that'll be awesome. out real soon yeah that's a couple really days cool, hopefully mm. just waiting on the uh, apple store approvals to come through hopefully <laughs> they haven't broken too many laws or anything with it i don't know how it works but Apparently, well, it's just an AR app. I don't, I don't see why. Mm. Yeah. No, it should be cool. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right, that's like something that I've... Because with a lot of my graphic design stuff is the QR codes and how you develop them and but using the tiny little squares, you can put so much you know, like information, so much random combinations in it. And to see something like that that's got more of a real artistic feel to it just seems so much nicer. Yeah. Mm. Like, you wonder what sort of secret stuff you could hide in that kind of code. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Like, well, like saying, little like, Easter eggs, you know, almost. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. uh, maybe if you had the app but didn't even tell people it was, you know, um, augmented reality. Yeah. And, and people ha- have to kind of figure it out, like, through the community and, and like, yeah. as a little Easter egg. That's really, really cool. It's interesting. You could leave secret messages for people using, you know. Yeah, AR markers and things like that. You know, it could be a way of, um, how do you say, you know, transcoded communication or you know, something like geocaching. You could do like that with hidden artworks that come out of the environment when you discover them. Yeah, yeah. so many things you could do with this. Holy shit! Like a, um, like a, a, a hunt around the city. Like you put, you know, little artworks around buildings and stuff, and people can follow them. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Mm. So you've got a launch like next week, right? Yeah, so next Friday we're going to do an exhibition of this app um, mm-hmm. uh, at Corner Gallery in Subiaco in Perth, which um, hasn't had geeks in a while. It's in their first. Oh, one Little there. Wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, 
We're going to display the original artwork from the album that Liam D painted, um, all the kind of sculptures and stuff, which are not real sculptures, but 3D printed ones now, you know, because of um, what I mentioned before. And we'll have a few turntables set up so people can come and download the app and actually try this themselves. And um, got a bunch of bands playing as well, or producers and electronic performers. And so it should be good. And just to celebrate the team that came together and made this stuff happen because it was really interesting project definitely very challenging challenge for me as a director to kind of reel in my ideas and mm. lower my expectations because i was like oh you could do this or you could like navigate the skull around and click power-ups and all this sort of stuff and then once again <laughs> to the coding it's just like this will take years yeah. with two people coding this <laughs> you need a team of you know yeah a thousand people working on this thing and for a kickstarter work. yeah yeah exactly and way more money so um but i'm still really happy with what we created like originally we'll think of this kind of narrative music video type thing but now it's this very interactive and very creative type of thing which See, is game better be anyway. really fucking cool yeah yeah but the logistics I mean, that's that. already cool mm. in itself but um, yeah in a sense we made it more into like you know a really glorified mario paint i guess <laughs> rather than like, like a game <laughs> But you know, it's 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 beautiful, and when it's in full motion, the the kind of patterns and images that come out of this are really great. I'm sure everyone will have a very different experience playing it, which is actually kind of enticing for me. In mm. personally, you know, I want to don't want to feel like I'm just watching a a movie, and I feel like I'm yeah in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's, it really just allows every person to create their own different thing, rather yeah. than just sort of sit in front of oh, that's what it is. It you know engages people to. Be creative themselves. Yeah, I think it's important in this new yeah. technology. Like I found, so I've done a bit of work in VR and 360 video, and we like, like I said, we're still figuring out the language to use and telling these stories. And we find that when you're just an observer in these worlds, it's hard to connect. But when you feel like you are like a character in a story, when your perspective actually matters, that's when you have this real level of integration and, and you know connection with it. I remember watching like when this first came around, I started doing some work and. I remember referencing like, oh, there's this new 360 short film that came out. Like, oh, wow, let's watch it. But you're watching other characters walk around you and you're just, you're not really a person. You're just obviously in an arbitrary space. You can view the room, but you're not, in if a film, you have this ability to create emotion through cutting, through close-ups, you know, you cut from a long shot to a close-up. Oh, you get more emotion. You're more close to that character. When you had a 360 camera, you're just like, you're trapped on the outside. You can't actually step into that conversation. And I was like, mm. this doesn't work. It's like a work. bad dream, actually. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this doesn't work. It's like, you have to be immersed, I, mm-hmm. I feel. You know, you have to feel like you are part of the story. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a big thing with these these apps. It's like, you can't feel like you're just an observer. Like, you have all this technology that allows you to interact. So you need to be in control. And given responsibility i guess in the virtual world and yeah. that's that makes a big difference i think in, in telling these stories and and yep. creating these experiences you know that's like the, the one vr um muse have a music video and saying because i've seen a few music videos and it's like as you're saying you know you're sort of sitting in a room just looking around or you know what's going on you can't really yeah. interact but i think muse have done pretty well with putting the perspective like knowing where the person's going to be and you know, bringing characters up to the camera and actually having things close by, so you actually almost like looking over your shoulder, like jumping back a bit. Yeah, as what's going on because mm. you know, as you're saying in that sort of thing, you have to know where to place things as well. Yeah, mm. you have yeah. to really make that person known, or it's like make them. You have to be the center of attention in a way. Yeah, mm. you know? yeah. I see what you mean about the. It, it's very passive, isn't it? When, when you watch it, in, things in 360 in a way. Yeah. So I think. Um, for, sh- for, for you know short things, I think they're fine. Yeah, but uh, were you saying you watched like a whole? It was a whole movie. 
Yeah, it was like a five-minute short film. Five-minute yeah. short film? Yeah. It was boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a moment of gimmicky, like, wow, and then like, uh, I don't feel connected to the story in any which way whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I want to see a close-up. I want to know what that character's feeling. I don't don't see that, you know. That was a very early example, and I was like, obviously, we're just throwing some darts against the board and just hoping to hit a bullseye with a couple of these ideas. But, yeah. you know, I think we're getting there now, and like... A lot of these games and stuff, you know, with the controllers, with the you know the HTC Vive and the Oculus and stuff like that, we, you're starting to really see some amazing stories, of a little bit level of interaction and immersiveness that you can't get in a film. And that's that's when we're starting to like break through and actually harness this new media. So mm. it's exciting. It's going to be on the cusp of this sort of stuff, you know. And mm. yeah, I can't wait to like just explore it more and this technology grows, you know. Yeah, man, dr- drones are also getting more accessible. Like it's a lot of people have them now. Yeah. Lots of armies too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're they're showing up everywhere. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's full on. It's interesting mm-hmm. because uh, they are really becoming quite normalized. And but um, but at the same time, I want to buy one just to film stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that's bought one has crashed it within a week and really pair it. You know, I think there's like this learning curve of destroying your first drone that you need to go through. So be ready for that. Yeah. Have some money in the bank. Oh, that'd be heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting tech. But yeah, I'm, I'm always wondering about the surveillance aspect. It's like, when are these going to become so acceptable that there's going to be, you know, the, Just, the new CCTV is the drone, you know? Yeah. No, that's going to be something that we need to really approach a caution. Well, I, was, I was at work um, a couple of weeks back and I'm walking around because um, I work out outdoors and I said this, I'm like, I, I, I just knew it, like, it's a drone. But I couldn't see it anywhere. It's like yeah. hovering around. Then I noticed like down like one of the houses like in the trees and it went up and like zipped across. I'm like, and then flying over the oval and I'm just like, but where is the person? And then it just like disappeared behind like another house. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Like who? You? You, you have no idea who it is. You just see this drone floating around. It could be anyone. Yeah, yeah. Who's the master? Yeah. <laughs> Who's driving it? <laughs> yeah. But I imagine drone traffic would be an issue. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's what I've always thought. Like, eventually, there's going to be so many of them flying around. Well, there's already, like, well, the FAA's got, like, a bunch of regulations about drones on certain, well, you know, flight patterns around planes and stuff. And all yeah. airports, obviously, no fly zones. Mm. And then even coming down to certain altitudes and stuff that you can fly at and things like that. Yeah. 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 Tech, man. Tech. You want to talk about more tech, or you want to talk about something else? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking, where, like, whether I want to be a part of it as well, much as it, I want to. Like, I, like you're saying with surveillance and stuff, and you think about how you, they're now using drones over, like, in the Middle East in wars and stuff. Yet the people controlling them are still sitting back in the US. Mm, yeah, with like v, VR headsets and Xbox controllers. Mm-hmm, mm. You know, and literally always, Xbox controllers. Huh? Yeah, actual, yeah. actual. Yeah, Xbox yeah, they controls. actually link them up to X- Xbox controllers because yeah. people are more used to like younger. Because it's obviously younger people that join the military to fly drones that use Xbox controls. Yeah, but I would say, you know, does does flying an unmanned drone in a war have the same thing as you know running onto a battlefield with a you know, a rifle? You know? Well, there's no accountability now. Exactly. Now, now yeah, there's... it's detached from mm-hmm. yeah. that thing about. There's a degree of separation between the person perpetrating it and then the act or the impact. Yeah, and you'll be disconnected from the impact on human life, the mm. decisions you make in there. And then there's the whole question of, like, if a computer has to make the decision and not a human, that's a whole other thing, you know? Mm. Like, that's... With the drone technology, like, would there, would there be a point where there is no human pilot and it's a computer 
that has to analyze a situation and decide whether to shoot or not. You know, mm. that's a pretty interesting yeah, thing. About yeah, it. yeah. It, it calculates all the variables and and gives you the yeah. pos- possible outcomes of doing this and that. And yeah, you just accept the machine. Like, I, if if Google tells me like one route has less traffic, I just fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, like, yeah, we put a lot more trust in it, don't we? Yeah, and so many things like you know, um, it was a really interesting conversation about uh, AI in general. You know how like obviously like Tesla Motors have uh, you know self-driving abilities and self-driving cars coming in and I had this kind of flawless record of like you know no accidents but there was an accident there was like the first accident that happened in a Tesla that killed two people and everyone was just like oh we can't trust them it's like but the driving record is you know one accident mm. so that's yeah. infinitely better than humans you know when you think about it yeah but just because it you know it was a machine that couldn't make the right choice the ethics of that you know people aren't ready to like put their faith in the machine but you know in a lot of respects we kind of are we just don't realize it you know and mm. we're integrating with technology in this, this huge way people are getting worried about like oh i'm not too sure if we should you know augment our bodies with tech and it's like well both of you guys are wearing glasses right now and that's augmenting <laughs> your bodies with tech is it not you know mm. so we've been doing this stuff for a long time <laughs> you know i guess i guess it's where you draw the line like yeah mm. i guess like well, sticking something in your your body yeah, it's it's about when you're implanting stuff into yourself. Yeah, it's like well, that's really that sad. impending like singularity almost where it, if well, you yeah. I like that you're wearing a quantum mechanics t-shirt because I've been talking <laughs> a lot about quantum computing lately and where that's going to take things. You know? Yeah, Johnny's got a quantum mechanics t-shirt. Yeah. What does it say on it? Um, quantum mechanics dictates that this shirt probably vanishes when you look away. All right, yeah. yeah. The yeah. whole observer thing. The observer, yeah. 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 <laughs> spooky, spooky, spooky. Spooky action, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I've been having some great conversations about this with, um, you know, friends who work in this kind of field about how the, you know, data will change when we can compute in quantum, you know, when all possibilities can be accessed instantaneously. What does that mean for how we share data, you know? If we have all data are accessed instantaneously. That means there's no latency between information on the internet. So we are instantly connected to everything at once. That mm. is singularity. Oh, yeah, is we, like all information is already there. It's already there. You just got to pick which one, like what information you want yeah. because it's all there. It's yeah. all there. It's already accessed. It's mm. you know, quantumly accessed instantaneously. So therefore, if we're wired in to a network where you're accessing everyone else's information the instantaneous second that you want it, doesn't that break down... <laughs> laws of time and space into a singularity i don't know wow we'll find out soon <laughs> <laughs> well but i I'll, I'll just want to go back to a, a question would you guys jump on a plane that is controlled by a computer we already have we already are well yeah. i was going to say yeah like a lot of pilots nowadays are just monitoring the computers yeah they sit there to monitor it totally. and in case something goes wrong then they take over yeah. but mm. <laughs> It's more likely the human that will fuck it up than the computer. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as soon yeah. as a computer crashes the plane, everyone's going to be like, oh, we can't trust computers. Mm. Well, you trusted humans. That, that computer had it out <laughs> for those people. It must have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think there's a lot of yeah. unnecessary fear around that sort of stuff. You know? Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Huge amounts of fear. That's Blame really Hollywood. Weird. Yeah. Blame Hollywood's the reason. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's true. But it's, I guess, it's just like a really... It's a volatile thing because it depends whose hands it's, who's using it. Yeah, and you people still need that human today. element to, to to determine how it's going to be used. Yeah, mm. and that's what who you should be afraid of. It's not the machine that's mm. going to make a choice. It's the human that programs it. You know, and yep. it's, we need to moderate that. But you know, 
AI is going to be a beautiful thing as long as it's you know used for good, not evil. Again, you're not born evil, and I don't think you can program a computer to you know it's not naturally programmed evil. Someone has to insert that code. Someone has to corrupt it. Yeah, we were talking about this on the podcast the other day um, about Facebook's AI thing. Those two AIs that started communicating with each other, mm-hmm. and they shut. Like I'm wondering why people aren't having more like want to know more about what's going on like why these two AIs were talking what they were talking about because that fucking that's bizarre as shit like you've heard you heard about it no No, but so apparently on Facebook this Facebook AI started communicating with another one and they started talking in their own code like developed their own language Mm -hmm. and Facebook started freaking out and they had to shut it down huh wow that's cool and it's like just gone under the radar. Everyone's just forgotten about it now. I'm sitting there going, what the, there's AI talking to each other in some secret code. Like, yeah. fuck. That might be something to, to look into. Great. Did Can't they wait. say why they, what that AI was for? No. Well, hang on. If you want to get... I'll, I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but didn't... Wasn't there another AI thing where it started contemplating God? Is that just like one of those big... Funny... Well, the thing is, I wonder, talking about quantum computing, mm. if you have a computer that can teach itself but can access all the information instantaneously is that's pretty much god right <laughs> the, an, ent- yeah. an entity yeah. that mm. can access all information at once mm. you know and then i was like i was kind of theorizing it was like well you could put like a self-learning quantum computer that can synthesize proteins and put it on a satellite and send it off into space call it voyager 3 when it eventually hits a planet it can start making life and therefore it's god <laughs> Very it's Derek. Wow. Reel me in. <laughs> no, I don't want to reel you in. This is why I get you on. Um but, but So maybe it was a computer that brought DNA to planet Earth and it was just a you know Well yeah, I mean a replicating uh, machine. It would have created possibly a new reality. That that's why um when when you look at the Google neural network, like how is that not a big bang in AI? Yeah. How how is how how is that not a universe? Maybe we can't from this dimension can't tangibly feel yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. somewhere on a informational level, that's mm-hmm. a new reality that, yeah. that's born. And it's just like, yeah, so it's getting into all sorts of ideas about simulation theory, which I oh, love. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read the, the opening sentence to the, this article here. Facebook shut down an artificial intelligence engine after developers discovered that the AI had created its own unique language that humans can't understand. Sick. <laughs> That is and, sick. Like, it's just gone unnoticed from any, like, big media. Right, yeah. And something to do with... Um, Did they say what what the whole AI... What the purpose know, well, was? Yeah, was Apparently, intention. Facebook has its own AI research lab. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> didn't know okay. that. Of course I do. <laughs> um, They're probably just trying to beat Google's drones in the upcoming wars, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Facebook is not about social media just like uber isn't really about drivers no i think uber's uh, going to be all self-driving cars pretty soon okay, so yeah that's that's the agenda i think yeah that, that's on the cards for sure I, would, yeah. I hate owning a car I, mean, I can't wait until we can just hop into a robot controlled car at any given moment and drive where we want to <laughs> you know so something to do with chatbots you know how like you get those like some chatbots or and the yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah but somehow they had started some chatbots had, so, so um, researchers at Facebook AI Research Lab found that the chatbots had deviated from the script and were communicating in a new language. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. 
So on Facebook chat now, yeah, you, they have those rooms. What? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's just a bit scary. Yeah. Well, if yeah, on this scale, if that if if it was that easy for that to happen on this scale, then I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know which, nice. where I should sit. Yeah. On which side of the fence I should sit. But, well, yeah, but you, know, you know, it again comes down to the intention, like. Yeah. Were they, were they plotting to kill all humans or not? Were they just talking about you know? Yeah. Their days. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I doubt any AIs have any intention yeah, of killing all humans AI unless <laughs> some human tells it to. You know? Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean that—that's the first thing that people say as well when mm-hmm. you bring up AI. Yeah. Is they always go Skynet, you know, or something. Yeah. And it's like, but we. And it's like the sooner we actually embrace these technologies, the more we're going to improve life for everybody. Yeah, yeah. but and it's so. almost we're projecting our own cynicism onto AI. Yeah. Because we know we're fucking, in this climate, we're the evil ones at the moment. Totally, yeah. So we're just insecure, yeah. saying that if this thing is born, it's going to do the same shit as humans. Yeah, mm. it's going to get like corrupted. And it's like, what if it is perfect? What if that is the creepy truth like what well, if I would say the, it is the next step in evolution is for technology to take over but humans ha- humans over. have that um, defense mechanism where we we don't want anything to happen to us you know we'll defend ourselves if something if it looks like something bad is going to happen to us we'll do everything we can to defend ourselves mm. yet it almost feels like technology is a natural step. Like, I, I see technology as being a natural step in evolution. I think so. And I think what I was talking about earlier, about mm. you know, breaking down the systems of money and stuff like that, I think the key to that is you know, technology. That, you know, people are always complaining about losing your job to a computer. I'm like, I can't wait to lose my job to a computer. I can't wait till computers can do everything for us so that all we do is create and make beautiful babies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, live in the fucking trees and have, you know... Like, yeah. I did a lot of work on... I worked with the Venus Project um, a few years uh, back. Yep, yep, and yep, yep. that's been a big influence on my attitudes towards technology and, and progress, you know, about... Um, you know about those guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was on Zeitgeist Addendum, right? Yeah, so that was a big, big thing, um, getting his word out. Uh, Jacques Fresco actually passed away this Jacques year. Jacques Fresco, yeah, he passed uh, away, yeah. One years old, so, um, mm. yeah, rest in peace, Jacques. And, you know, his old concept's about a resource-based economy where we integrate with technology to do the labour... So we yeah. don't have to labor anymore. Mm. That is the ideal, you know. Yeah. But the problem is that we're so entrenched in this idea of labor and money is that we don't know what to do with ourselves when we take it away. Yeah. You know, and I'm thankful that I'm an artist because I know exactly what I'll do if I didn't have to work. I'd just, you know, I'd write music. I'd paint. Yeah. I'd be one with nature. I'd touch the earth. I'd just, you know, I'd have so much I could do. But I feel a lot of us are just trapped in this machine and that we won't survive without, you know. And it's yeah. Take, we're going to have to rip people out of that stuff. And well, go, I think... It's okay. You can lose your job. You don't need a job. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. We don't it's need like money. What, it's, it's not the job. It's the the money because of the capitalist system yeah i don't care about losing the job like people aren't worried about losing the job it's it's the money it will break that they down. need because i i universal health, um income has come up like a couple of times on the podcast and that's really interesting yeah. because what kind of countryside integrated right isn't it like i think sweden sweden yes yeah yeah but it's beautiful it it really like we, it ties into what we were talking about about people believing that humans are inherently evil there's this belief that humans are inherently lazy if they're given money <laughs> as well. Yeah, and right. I, I think that's I don't I think that's a really big assumption to 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 think that if you give someone money that they're gonna get lazier 
and they'll spend it all on the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, because I know if I was given money, I'd just pump it into stuff like this. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be sitting around. I'd invest it in creative projects and mm. in ways just to enhance culture and knowledge and educate, you know? Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Establish um, income would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it will break down. It's like it's a system that doesn't really – it's inefficient, you know? And we'll, we will shed the system. I hope so within my lifetime. Yeah. I think we need to do some serious changes to it mm. pretty soon or we're all, you know, going to be in a bad position. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think the model that Jacques was exploring is a example of if we do follow the right path with the right intentions with yep. technology. Yeah. And then that, that's a, 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 an example of, of that it is attainable, yep. you know, um, and that. It's not all negative when it comes to tech. You know? No, not at all. Mm. It's really funny how people are so negative about tech, yet they're like surrounded by it. Yeah. It's doing so much for us already, you know. It's yeah. only, only a matter of time before we like trust a machine and um, we all lead happier lives for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty exciting. So it's um, going to be excited about the future and not scared of it, you know. That's oh, a, absolutely. The, the yeah. first step to making a better future is to actually just create it. You know? Well, if you believe in law, the whole law of attraction if we do dwell on the negatives they will happen yeah totally literally they'll manifest because of the cynicism and this um and almost giving like giving up like saying well ugh, that's all it's going to amount to like you know putting a ceiling on it yeah so i think I totally believe in that stuff. we're in the way of our own progress i think yeah in, in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um for sure yeah but it's all breaking down, like, you know, the fact that we're, you know, the fact that we created a weapon that could annihilate us all, you know, well over, what, 60 years ago now, and we haven't done so. Yeah. That's a pretty great sign that we're doing okay. Yeah. Have you heard the speech the guy did? The, 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 the guy that created that bomb? No. He okay. quotes the uh, B- uh, Bhagavad Gita. Okay, yeah. And uh, the quote from... Shiva, I think. Wow. I am become death. Yeah. <laughs> the destroyer of worlds. Yeah, yeah. He quotes that in an interview and he's got like tears in his eyes. Yeah. When he realizes what he's done, but yeah. he was so like fucking poetic about it at the same time. Uh-huh. Like, holy shit, like, I've just opened a portal to Shiva. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And, Much you know, like what CERN are trying to do. <laughs> but, you know. I've been to CERN. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you like the opening ceremony? <laughs> to, to, the, to one of the tunnels? No, I, I haven't seen that. Was that in Switzerland? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I love CERN. I love everything they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. really interesting, man. Yeah. Really fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we're... Yeah, you know, obviously on the right path. I think, yeah, we have opened Pandora's box, and you know, it's actually forcing us to take responsibility and you know, figure this shit out. And mm. the fact yeah. that we made it to 2017 and we haven't totally fucked it up, I think <laughs> it's pretty positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm trying not to be cynical about the future. I think if you like consume the wrong type of media. It's very easy to get really fucking cynical. Yeah, and there's just so I just much need ten minutes out there. You know? Ten minutes on any like mainstream news network, and I'm 
Mm-hmm. Literally having conniptions. Like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's one of my biggest things in my life. I, I filter media quite heavily, yeah. you know, because I think there is so much misinformation out there, you know. And mm. that's what you say. Oh, I haven't heard about the Facebook AI thing. It's because I actually just block a lot of news. Man, that's life. probably a fucking good decision as well. Yeah. I found myself kind of reaching a point last year. It's like, you know, we're getting swept up in things like US politics. And I was like, hang on a second. Why do I give a shit? You know, this is beyond my controls. This is beyond my level of influence. Yeah, I'm being distracted from my own universe, which is my personal community and life yeah. around me. Yeah, it's like that is my news. That is my media. You know, mm. and any time I spend worrying about you know whether Trump was getting elected president or not is just a waste yeah. of fucking time. <laughs> Do you know what people are essentially doing? They're literally just yelling. Mm-hmm. The same. They're literally just yelling on Facebook, like, did you see the thing that the guy did? That's all Facebook is. Yep. It's an echo chamber of <laughs> yeah. bullshit. An echo chamber, and like, that egos. thing, man, like, why don't you know about it? Yeah. Like, and then they look at you like you want to be uninformed. It's like, no, nah, I'm just like, I have a soul and I'm sensitive and yeah. that stuff bums actually, me the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like, hear about it. <laughs> I'm really busy living in the moment over here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I try to be. It's a battle every day to be in the moment. Yeah, but that um, you know, like that hyper intense media that's really ripping you out of the moment. You know, and that's that's yeah. the worst thing you can do for your psyche. I think news is like fast food now. Yeah, it's all how much does it actually stick? You know, and no. how much is it actually important? How, we, like, how much of it's actually real? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. you don't know. Now um, you've got like yeah, the whole fake news is now a term. Like I don't know what the fuck is happening. Every every time I log into Facebook, it's like I'm sucked into. Satan's asshole yeah. for like 10 minutes yeah. and then I've, I've got to pull myself out did yeah. you ever have those times where you're watching even like the local news and you think to yourself like is this actually a real show like is this actually like really happening or is it all a scripted TV show because hmm. I've actually had those times myself just watching you going like almost unsure if, if it's actually happening if what they're saying is actually really going on or if it's all just an actual TV show that people have just forgotten that <laughs> yeah. it's a TV show. Well, a lot yeah. of those new services are entertainment. It's just really just designed to push the commercials in between the shit, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you know, it's like, it, all this media gives an impression that the world is going into a, you're slipping into chaos, you know, you're being told, oh, you know, kids are getting fatter and they're doing more drugs and, you know, mm. all this sort of stuff. Like, they're not going to report on all the amazing advancements and the people becoming more conscious and open. It's like, that's not going to be newsworthy stuff. You don't hear about that. But, you know, you got to take hope in the fact that for all this seemingly chaotic shit that's happening, there is this opposing wave of consciousness and connectivity and community that's happening. But yeah. you're not going to see that on the 6 o'clock news. No. You know? The revolution will not be televised. Certainly won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly what happened over in um, Kiev in the Ukraine. The yeah. revolution was not televised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so many fucking revolutions yeah. aren't televised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally it's, true. It, it really feels like I'm watching God bless something. You, Gil Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so, watching something from the past when I turn on like a news network. Like it legitimately feels outdated when I watch it. Like, wow. But then I watch like mum and dad watch it. And they just glued. Yeah. 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 Absolutely glued. Yeah. 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 When I visit my parents, it's one of the rare times that I encounter television. You yeah. know, I turn it off immediately when I go visit them. Well, actually, now they just turn it off when I arrive. I know that I fucking hate it. Do you know what I find fucking creepy? A room full of, like, just old people silently staring 
at this glowing TV yeah. in the middle. Like, I, I know it sounds hypocritical because I stare at my phone all the time, but just seeing everyone kind of together but in silence. Yep. In a way, just kind of drawn into it, just kind of killing time. It's, it mm-hmm. just feels gross for some reason. Well, I feel like it's kind of a weapon deployed against us. It kind of breaks down community. It kind of breaks down families as well, you know? Like... You think about it traditionally, it's like if you, well, people would live in communities and, and share the load of parenting children. But when you, you know, back in the day, I'm talking about like the day when you went out hunting and you come back home to sit by the fire with your family, what would you do? Oh, well, you talk, you teach your children. Tell stories. You tell that. stories. Mm. Now we come home and we sit in front of the television and we don't tell stories to each other. We listen to someone else's story. Mm. You know, that's huge. It has huge ramifications on our consciousness, you know, the, mm. the breakdown of community and family. And that media is just like a weapon that's been very successfully deployed against that. You know? mm. yeah. All the while, all whilst telling people that um, they're not good enough as well. Mm-hmm. And they're the reason that this... Yeah. 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 So it's, it's patronising towards the, the viewers and at the same time programming them. Yeah. Into uh, a big sense of lack. And, yeah, and yeah. just... Um, That's what I wanted to yell out Neil deGrasse Tyson when he came to Perth. You condescending arsehole. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was really disappointed in that. You, you went to that? I went yeah. to that. I, it was almost like, well... Like we were saying, he's become like the... I said he was the Bill Cosby of physics. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I said he was just a PR agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's sort of... Yeah. An entertainer. He, he seems yeah. to say like the same things over yeah, and over. Like so shallow. Everything, just like... But tell, then, tell something new. But then like. the freaking audience that got up, you know, like I didn't bother to get, ask a question because, of course, you have to rush to the fucking microphone. But like, I was yeah. a bit like disenchanted by that stage. But then all the adults, you know, they all ask these fucking political questions. So I'm like, can we talk about some fucking science, please? Yeah. And they go, get the kid to come up here. And the kids are like, what happens if you put like six black holes together? I'm just like, <laughs> yes. A fucking real question. Uh, After an hour and a half of bullshit, we uh, actually talk about some real fucking physics. And, yeah. like, last year when I saw Brian Cox talk yeah, in the same right, venue, yeah, yeah. that was phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, let's talk about the fucking multiverse. Let's talk about spatial density. And yeah. just, like, I'm eating up every fucking word. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson was fucking disappointing. Yeah. Was yeah. See, when Johnny was complaining about it, I, I, I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I thought that you were, like, being... <laughs> Fussy, but now that I hear it from like I've been hearing that from multiple people, yeah. that it was like basically something you would have seen at Cytec. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was you know yeah pre rape allegations. Bill Cosby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> physics. How many McDonald's burgers can you line up around the planet? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Because the whole basis of that talk was um, the the cosmic perspective. That the, that was the the byline of his talk. Yeah, and it was more just like. Yeah, the whole sort of thing is saying where people are so insignificant in this masses of the universe. Yeah. But we're still worth something because we're made up of the same things as everything else. Well, on the basic level, what was these three things? Hydrogen, carbon. We're made of the same stuff as stars are. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's sort of an ironic sort of... Well, he's contradicting himself is what he's doing. A little bit. So he's, he's, he's kind of... It's saying that we, we are so insignificant, but at the same time... We're made we up of the so same stuff but... of the universe, so the universe <laughs> is in you. That was yeah. his direct quote. Yeah. And but the universe doesn't have a conscious mind that has... I see what you mean. It's like, it, it's kind of patronising and that 
Oh but, no! But he's but one in one in a million. No, one in a billion people. Yeah. Was it those his thing? No, oh, <laughs> physicists. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, uh, physicists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's like uh, one thing I was talking about recently was like you know there's a lot of different life forms. There's a lot of different scales to all this stuff in the universe. I think one thing that makes humans unique is that we have the ability to sculpt our universe. You know, yeah. there's like many creatures that come into this existence and, and depart just by playing to the rules you know existing within their universe but we are a creature that can actually change our universe around them from the moment that we're born we're already sculptors we're already like yeah. when in a sense we're architects you know hmm. of this existence and that's what makes us special you know but fuck it you know so yeah. many different scales to, to view yeah. this universe on and you can't really designate too much between you know a fucking virus yeah. and us really you know, a single cell <laughs> organism or yeah or us true. or a fucking galaxy there's that cynicism again <laughs> but um but yeah we I, come in here with a, a, the ability to create and the ability to to reflect on the universe and, yeah. and, and craft something new mm. that makes us special yeah I, I wasn't necessarily disagreeing with that but i, I what i'm what I was trying to get at was he like a pr agent he he's he's touring a show yeah. So he says the same stuff everywhere. But I've watched interviews like five, ten years apart, and he's saying the same stuff mm. pretty much. I've done yeah. interviews where he says some pretty like, interesting and deep shit, but he just did not go there at all in that, yeah. that yeah. speech. You know? I was like, I thought most people in the audience there would have been ready for something a lot more. Yeah. You know? Do you think he just assumed Perth was full of... Like, he seemed to know that some he just recently discovered that Australia exists. You know? yeah. he's like, <laughs> Wait, we, his... we have Twitter? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was tweeting from the show, wasn't he? he? That, oh, that was facepalm. That was fucking <laughs> shit. I was like, yeah. God damn it. You know? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. No disrespect to him, but it's just... Uh, yeah, oh, of well. course. Like, yeah. you know, anyone that can be a voice for wonder in the realms of science and, and you know, cosmology and stuff like that, fuck yes. Okay, good mm. for you. But... Yeah. You know, don't patronise us. Yeah. <laughs> if we pay time, money yeah. to see you live. It's if like, you had a question, what, what would you have asked him if you jumped up there? Um, I was really keen to ask him about his thoughts on um, quantum computing, you know, yeah. and uh, ramifications that would have for, you know, humanity. Um, I love asking scientists about, like, do you think consciousness is matter? You know, like, I love just, just seeing what that kind of response is. Yeah, okay. we don't know. Um, mind or matter sort of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Or do mind you, before matter. Yeah. yeah, where does that come from? Is that something you can quantify in physics? Or, um, yeah, I remember, I love that question someone asked at Brian Cox is like, why did you think matter won in the creation universe? Why Why is there more matter than antimatter? Like, what, you know, it's like, oh, that's a fucking brilliant question. <laughs> love that sort of shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm. I actually found myself watching some um, old Carl Sagan the other night and talking about the dimensions and how someone in, in a, like a two dimensional object can't perceive a third dimension. Yeah, the third Tesseract, dimension right? Can't perceive a fourth dimension. Mm. But you but can see we, a shadow. Yes, the shadow of it. Mm. And that's that's where the other, like, we often talk about this, where science is trying to find the answer in our physical... In this realm. In this realm, yeah, whereas yeah. the answer's not here. Yeah. Mm. And they spend all this time and money trying to find an answer when they need to almost accept that we're, just looking at the we're not going to find the answer, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of very... Plato, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there and that... And by the way, Carl Sagan, you know, praise Church of Sagan for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that what we were watching on quantum reality where everything kind of stems from... Something's going to play. It's approaching something. <laughs> we're approaching hyper-reality. Oh, no, cool. 
Oh, nice save. Oh, how was that? Yeah. Um, Dodge a bullet there. <laughs> how reality could permeate from a, what was it? An eight, eight dimensional. Oh, uh, the, uh, the eight dimensional crystal. The eight dimensional crystal. Okay, yeah, you the lost E8, me. E8 crystal is what they yeah. call it. It's, I, I don't actually understand the idea of this eight dimensional crystal, but they somehow formed and drew this eight dimensional crystal. Then they broke it down into four dimensions. And then somehow they broke it down into three dimensions. And But what they're showing, they're showing almost like the sort of the shadow effect where you're just seeing what it would look like. But somehow they took it from into a third dimension and it became two objects, like two different size, almost balls type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the size ratio between... The large and the small one was the golden ratio. Beautiful. And it's like, I don't understand the whole concept of it, but just to find out that at the end of the day, it's following the same golden ratio, it mm-hmm. was just like, fucking, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, this, this could be a shadow effect from a higher dimension. And we're just in this physical plane. Do you believe in reincarnation? Where do you sit with that whole thing? Well, in a sense, yeah. I mean... You know, returning to a source and then getting yeah pro- projected well, I think back you know, if you talk in science like energy is conserved mm. you know, within this universe so you can't lose energy so therefore is you know we're recycled into something else so I say if our atoms are recycled then maybe our consciousness as well you know I feel like you know it's I just ideas at stage but I feel like you know if we're basically just the universe experiencing itself then Maybe we're just all part of one giant stream of consciousness or one kind of entity and we're just separate, you know, pieces of that. Perhaps we all go back to the same source and then find our way to integrate again in some other form. Who knows? Yeah. You know? But as far as the laws of physics go, I think that backs up, you know, the fact that reincarnation is definitely possible. You know, not as the same entity, but in terms of your matter, your atoms will become life again. Yeah. Definitely. Damn. Or become a nail. Yep. <laughs> become iron, become iron ore, it'd be yeah. or something, you know? So. Well, it's just the idea. You know, the whole, whole thing, like, especially when you think about, um, say, someone that gets cremated, like, all the ashes and every single atom, like, every single particle is just distributed everywhere. Yeah. Mm. And then, but, like, those bits of those particles can end up forming with other things, and then you just become a nail. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, eventually, <laughs> every every being that stays on this planet Earth will on the, no on the, doubt the quantum just be... level. You can become, you can be anything, because everything exists. So you you, you could be a nail. Okay, nice save there. <laughs> nice save. You are every possible item, object, plant, animal, rock in existence until you actually become it. Yeah. Mm. Until you're observed being that thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But eventually, all you know, every atom on this planet will no doubt be eaten by our sun and you know, turn back into star stuff, which is where it all came from in the first place. So, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. There'll be uh, the reverse of the Big Bang, where well, how how long till the, the sun, dreamer wakes up? How long till the sun swallows the earth? Like the sun's it says it's expanding. Yeah, the sun grows. Uh, it's like billions and billions of years, but it's going to essentially million, fifty billion uh, grow the size of the solar system mm. and just suck in all the planets and stuff until it what implodes on itself and then. <laughs> I don't believe that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's science, bro. <laughs> That's right. The, the sun is three thousand 
Miles will cut his way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Holding on a, a little string. Yeah, it's a light bulb. <laughs> well, well um, te- Tesla. Tesla said this was the realm, and he. I, I really like how his whole free energy thing and, and yeah. how electromagnetism is is energy. It's free energy. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, I like his description of the Earth as a as a realm, not just a planet, but. Yeah, it could be a lot more microcosmic than we think. But that then plays into mm-hmm. a lot of other things, well, like simulation theory, for example. Yeah. yeah. But it's that whole thing, especially when you, you talk about simulation theory and you talk about the, the flat Earth theories and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But what really drives <laughs> me is the, is the actual... Fuck you. The real, the real <laughs> existence that we have. And, you know, say, like, electricity. You know, something, you know, you see it in lightning bolts, and that's actually there. Then you think about the electricity that's in our brains. Like, that yeah. is actual tangible stuff. Yeah, that regardless, regardless of whether the Earth fucking flatten you fall off the edge of it, like that shit is real, mm. and that drives almost all existence, which is fucking mind-boggling. Yep. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. And it's electricity is a flow of electrons, and electrons exist in quantum space. You know, mm. it's, yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then even <laughs> well, Tesla was very esoteric. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he he borrowed a lot of his concepts. Well, he learned a lot. Um, I can't remember what Vedic philosophy I think he was really big into Right Yeah Awesome um, And uh, obviously Hinduism and things like that Yeah With prana and energy And mm-hmm. things like that Which is super interesting Yeah that's the thing Like I've gotten into This sort of stuff A lot recently And I you know Realised that there is Some correlation to A lot of scientific ideas And in, in these more Absolutely yeah Ancient and you know Mythical ideas And it's like Oh okay cool There is a lot of things Overlapping here And that's really fascinating you know? Yeah Yeah yeah, it'll be cool. Like, it's funny how both avenues are essentially kind of tiptoeing around the same thing. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, they, they don't want to acknowledge each but other. They, they don't want to. They want to fight. Mm. Yeah, I think a, a marriage of the esoteric and sciences would be so interesting. Yeah, that's how kind of science started, though. Science was kind of you know hand in hand with art for a long time. You know, and then it got, somehow got separated. But yeah, yeah, really, there's so much correlation between you know. Yeah, and alchemy was a big thing as well. Yep. Um, obviously, now there's you know the whole mental alchemy thing, but mm-hmm. uh, I think alchemy only ever was mental, you know, like yeah. a, a methodology for self improvement, you know, and then some people yeah. took it way out of context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then it looks looks more uh, like a pseudoscience than it actually is. Yeah, um, because I think it's not quantifiable when when they're mental results. Like, yeah. how the fuck do you put that down? Mm. That's why. They use symbols and things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you think gone. about a lot of Einstein stuff was all just theories, and a lot of his stuff wasn't proven until afterwards. Yeah, even after his death, like they started saying, "Oh, maybe Einstein was right about that." Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. With astonishing mind, you know, just thought experiments. Mm. He was just he was just a, a wanderer, you know. He just liked to, exp- you know, think of things, and this so happened to be that he was actually tapping into the mathematics of God, more or less. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, pretty much. Fuck yeah. Same with that dude. What's that dude in the wheelchair? Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking's, yeah. yeah. Uh, the greatest thing, like, I was at a bookshop and I picked up one of Stephen Hawking's books. Tell me which one. And it's, you know, you know his book's a big fuck-off fat book, so I wasn't going to sit there and read through the bunch of it. So I just flicked to the back of the book to, like, read his last sort of sentence. And this is, like, you know, a long book on physics and quantum and stuff. But the last sentence of his book was, it just is. Like that—that's how Stephen Hawking finished his book. Was it just is? Yeah. I'm like, well, 
Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> that can't be it. That, yeah. yeah. It can't. Mm. You know, the amount of times that we've, you know, established in science and we've factually gone, this is the limit of what we know and there will be no more. And we've been proven wrong every time, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, at the time we thought, oh, okay, well, the Earth is flat and that's it. And we're just in every universe and that's a fact. Mm. Yeah, bullshit. Okay. Oh, well, there's a solar system and that's that's the limit of what, you know, we know. I was like, no, no, that's, wait, that's galaxies. Okay, well, there's a galaxy and that's the limit of what there is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, there's a universe. Mm. So is the universe the limit of everything? I don't think so. But what, what <laughs> I, I proven wrong about that as well. What I've <laughs> recently started having, like, thinking to myself is we create the boundaries and we we make the boundaries bigger ourselves. Totally. Like, we like, say... Exactly that, what's on your shirt. Yeah, well, like, we say the universe is this big, but when we start to try and imagine a bigger universe, we essentially create that bigger universe. Yes, because we seek to observe it, we create it. You mm-hmm. know? And same on the micro level. The, the deeper we look into particle physics, the more it goes. It's an endless wormhole, and it's because we're... Like, I feel like quantum in you know, quantum mechanics, yeah. we create these different scales because we're looking for them. You yeah, know? exactly, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, like, and then you go to think, you know, will there be an end? Like, will we sort of say, oh, maybe we'll just stop looking, or is it just going to be this endless constant? Well, is that our purpose in life? Is just to keep keep looking, looking and creating? Like, yeah. Well, imagine if it was like fractally, procedurally generated. So the more we're looking into things, the more we're creating those things. Therefore, the human potential could potentially be infinite. Yeah. In but a that, sense, I think. It, I think it is. You know that's what I mean? Like the, the system is is creating itself as we're observing it. Yeah, all that computer program that we're part of. Yeah, yeah that, that becomes <laughs> that becomes that argument of is it already there, and then we find it, or are we like creating it type of thing? Yeah. Like, so you're, you're sort of saying that everything is already existing. No, 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 no. I'm saying that exactly the opposite. That as we observe more things and set boundaries and then shatter those belief systems that we're creating all that so it's infinitely expanding yeah yeah just like a, 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 with a computer game you know you reach the end of the map and then it generates more land mm-hmm. like minecraft mm. so at, we, uh, it, the universe could be that we're finding more things and it's re- generating as, as we're actually wasn't that it. that yeah. was one of but, einstein's early yeah. arguments was einstein actually believed that everything had a predetermined state like everything was already there and then we had to observe it and other people were in that mind that it wasn't there until like it didn't have a state until mm-hmm. people observed it yeah and yeah. i think it's, it's actually still being debated really at the moment yeah totally yeah. well yeah you just look at atoms which change location mm. depending on when you view it mm. like that like, definitely <laughs> is <laughs> are you familiar with the, the double slit experiment yeah it always goes on so i showed some of it to daryl and actually something that popped up that I wasn't aware of that when they ch- when the state so they send out a wave and when they observe it it turns into a particle mm-hmm. but what's happened is the pre the they've registered as being sent out as a particle you know they said okay we're sending out a wave and they observe it as a particle but then the machine says that they send out a particle like it changes its state back in time mm-hmm. I'll just now nah, that <laughs> that's where my mind just melted onto the ground like yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love the stillness that comes from thinking about these sort of things sometimes yeah. where you just your brain just goes into like a meditative like oh state you know yeah. it's beautiful just rabbit holes on, upon mm. rabbit holes mm. yeah. and I, like, I've had some really prof- I've been privy to some really profound experiences in my life that have kind of 
like reflected on this reality as kind of a dream, like a lucid dream, you know, and that we actually manipulate this reality a lot more than we give ourselves credit for, you know, and that kind of really ties into the, the, the quantum kind of observer theories, you know. Mm. Mm. And, you know, if we are just all elements of the universe experiencing itself, then actually we are creating it at the same time. Yeah. And, like, I love to just get stuck into that belief. And it's like, treat this reality like a lucid dream, that you are the dreamer and that you can create it. And, you know, that works with the laws of attraction. It's like if you go out there with a positive attitude that, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this happen, the universe does conspire to, to make it, you know, true. To make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've experienced that firsthand with some of the things I've done in my life, you know. It's like, just that pe- people, I think, with synchronicity, I think people don't know or people are being trained to look at those coincidences and synchronicities in mm-hmm. their life and to kind of dismiss them <laughs> and poo-poo the idea that maybe some grand thing some scheme is being played out through that. Yeah, I, don't think there's, I think there's no such thing as a coincidence, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like, that was something There's, there's only cause and effect. There's no coincidence. Yeah. 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 Well, it's even the, the whole idea of, like, the human body generating some form of energy. Like, people look at it and go, oh, that's just, you know, hippie bullshit. But when you think about it, like, you know, we're saying, you know, the electrons and shit in the mind, that there obviously has to be some kind of, you know, sort of, power energy that the body does yeah yep. expel in a way yeah totally mm. yeah mm. for sure man I love these conversations <laughs> <laughs> is this all you guys talk about I thought you talked about music and shit like that but we're just talking about science I'm totally in the right podcast right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we follow the rabbit hole wherever it goes yeah well we know we know we know the right people do yeah other people will just stare blankly as, as and get bored <laughs> at me like saying non-factual things <laughs> <laughs> Bad like Wikipedia and YouTube research. That's all I do. But um, nah, man. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was sick. You've really got nice. a lo- um, that launch on yeah. the eleventh at um, yeah Friday eleventh at Little Wing Corner Gallery in Subi. Little Wing and in Subi. Yeah, and got- who else do you have playing? Because there's, there's actually bands playing as well. Yeah. So um, on the night we have Feels, which is uh, like a new kind of electronic percussion based duo. Awesome. I saw them at the Bird. Really oh, did you go last night? Yeah. yeah oh, awesome. no, um, this is last at Peppermint Showers. Ah, oh, sweet. Uh, they played. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Really cool visuals as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. they're doing big things already. And uh, Lana, uh, amazing solo you know, producer, performer. Um, I've been loving her stuff for years playing. I'll be performing with Double Think Prism, which is my kind of hip-hop project with um, Splodge, a spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Bairstow, who's a drummer in New Serpent Modern Medicine. Oh, uh, Matty Bairstow! He's going to be making his debut as Tactile AF, which is his like uh, kind of chiptune electro project. Oh, nice. I used to play in a band with Matty Bairstow. Yeah, which band? Uh, Matty Trash on the Horribles. No shit! Yeah, oh, dude! <laughs> Fuck. That's an age ago. So, um... He's yeah. a good drummer, man. He's, he's so a, fucking oh, good. He's a super talented human being. Yeah. Just full stop. And so, yeah, I've been hearing his little beats and songs come out for, like, the last year, and so I've just kind of pushed him into playing a gig, so... Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's probably... I haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. because He's probably frantically trying to put together a set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, it's cracking now. a whip, you know? Yeah. Um, have you seen the photo from The Gathering? Uh, Yumi, Mike, and Matt? <laughs> yes, I did. I did that see that. It's like a you know, sort of a band photo type thing, or probably thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a well, well done photo by <laughs> by Sean. But yeah, uh, um, yeah. Please come down if you guys want. It'll be great just to yeah see how people react to this. this I act, think it's you know? it's fucking yeah. awesome, and that that augmented stuff is fucking hey, I keep, amazing. Keep tabs on that as well. Like that that I've only literally seen Pokemon and that and that's fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. Those those are the only like cosmetic things, you know? yeah, mm. that I've seen. 
but it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, people would want to get that. Um, but do you think you'll make the window for the for the launch? Depends if Apple approves the yeah. uh, application. <laughs> Is that all that's pending at the moment? Just that? Yeah, yeah. Cool, it's cool. All pending on that. Well, it'll be like a first version. We it's like you know these sort of projects you can endlessly polish and make better, but. It's pretty much there. Might be a couple of tweaks we'll make after this coming weekend, and uh, you can push updates though. Yeah, you can push updates obviously. Yeah, cool. So we might just kind of update it and just kind of you know tweak it as a few bugs and things like that, and then make a version that doesn't require the vinyl that includes the album um, for those who don't have a turntable. But um, yep, yeah. Is your change log going to be bug fixes and improvements? Like every other fucking app, and you're like, but I want to know what bugs you fixed. <laughs> I love change logs. Like reading change logs is like my my hobby. Wow, for, for games and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I love I love seeing what. What are you laughing at? I love I love seeing whatever um, makes you happy, man. You know? um, yeah. Like specific changes and and things like that. Cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how specific I can get with. with no, 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 that's, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. No, I was just being a, a cunt. Yeah. No, it's bring about that whole community thing of letting people in. Yeah. what's happening yeah. yeah being transparent yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah steve man thanks, thanks heaps steve. yeah yeah we'll come down we said that at the same time that was weird yeah. um, it's good you should make that your call sign yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah shout out to uh the hen house hip, hip flask. flask uh gig list who else space to go that space was a to go. really check that out if you're looking for a good space yeah space to go are really cool yeah can i do a shout out to carl sagan Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. All right. <laughs> Carl Sagan, still love you. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, we, we don't hate We're you. We're taking you off the, the call out. <laughs> <laughs> no. we, we don't hate you. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. We'll just, uh, we'll, you we'll should get definitely get onto Space to Co. It's like a... Do you know about it? It's like an Airbnb for creative spaces. Nice. So there's a lot of cool places around Perth that we're thinking of kind of moving the podcast to for special events. Right. I think that'll be so fucking fun. Oh, well, it's a great conversation for afterwards, but there's some spare rooms in my studio building. You should put it up on that because it's, and and, you know, when it's not being used and you're away, Mm. uh, somebody could use it for 50 bucks a day or something. That's dope. What a great idea. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening, guys. Um, MissionCTRL.com.au for all your podcast stuff. Cool. Bye. Bye.